welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Right, so um, welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. And I actually got it right this time. The first time so ever. <laughs> so, first time ever. So today we have a very special guest in Dan Davies, aka the Flexible Dieting Coach. So um, yes. welcome, Dan. Welcome. Hello. How are you? Great, mate. Good. Good. Nice to be here. Yes. Very you're, you've got the first ever one. Yes, you're. Well, you're the. You're, you're privileged. Well, we're privileged that you're our first ever guest. Am I? Yes. Really. So, yeah, really, our first ever guest. So, oh, hopefully, one of many. Well, there's there's so many of us on the calls normally. Like, so we thought we'd best let somebody else have a little chat and uh, have a little talk. And, <laughs> so it's not just us. Uh, we have to keep a, a token Welsh guy on every every chat. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I was not expecting a Welsh joke. <laughs> Just remember, I shag them and then you eat them. Oh, well, True. Yeah. I don't like lamb, though. I don't like lamb. So. <laughs> uh, <that's>, uh, <laughs> as long as you clean them down afterwards, it's fine with me. <laughs> I was, oh, was going to say that that's one of the uh, questions at the end answered anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Well, is it a bestiality question or? <laughs> no, no, it's something about favourite protein source. But um, uh, yeah. it wouldn't have been that quick. It's it's half eight. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have thought <laughs> that fast. Yeah. Cool. So, so yeah, tell tell us a bit about kind of you, your kind of ethos, I suppose, with your coaching. How did you get into coaching? What sort of clients do you work with? Um, yeah, talk about you. How long <laughs> Keep it. You know, how long with it within the hour. <laughs> Went to university, got a third, hated my course, trained to be a primary teacher, loved helping. So I thought, why not try and do something that I've loved? Because obviously coaching is teaching in a sense. And I came to the realization that if I could teach a six-year-old maths, then I could teach an adult anything. So that's how it fell into place. Obviously, I've been training since I was 16 years old and now 24. So what's that, eight years, nine years? Maths isn't my strong point. And yeah, it just literally went from there. <clears throat> um, started doing the course and things on the side while I was still sort of in school and started, luckily, I was getting online coaching from <clears throat> um, Shredded by Science. And they really did teach me sort of everything I needed to know. So I sort of did fall into the the good side of the industry, shall we say. Because as we all know, there's, you know, a lot of bullshit out there, uh, myths, misconceptions, whatnot. And, yeah, that's how it started. So I started with online, um, packed it in with school then, because, to be honest, I was not enjoying it whatsoever. And, yeah, the rest is history. Started working in a gym opened my own coffee shop in that gym actually in a protein bar yeah i'm gonna go into detail as to what <laughs> happened because again i don't want to jump to conclusions but i think the bailiffs came in overnight fuck it i'll say it uh, was it my gym it was uh, someone else's gym and yeah so we had to pack that in move gyms and now i'm in probably one of the best gyms in cardiff it's amazing it's you fit if you're ever there pop in and and stuff that i'm doing and just just enjoying all of it you know that 
whole coaching people, that sort of aspect, seeing people get results, and the whole sort of vlogging aspect as well. So there's a lot of different avenues and stuff, and yeah, just, that's how it all happened. And now here I am today on my first ever podcast. So I good. did not, I did not know you ran a coffee shop. Or you had your uh, own coffee shop. Uh, it was incredible. It was the best coffee ever. It was from Clifton in Bristol. Yeah, yeah. I used to get it from them. And yeah, I really do miss that because I haven't had a, as good of a coffee since then, really. I've, I've been to Clifton a few times, actually. Um, there's some good places around there, actually, in yeah. coffee shops. Yeah. I'd recommend going into actual Clifton themselves mm. uh, because, yeah, their coffee is really, really good. And I'm a bit of a... I say I'm a snob, but if I am stuck for time, I will have an instant. So I, I can't really call myself. Okay, we'll have judge. an instant. <laughs> <laughs> don't judge. Um, on, what's your, your favourite? So, yeah. go-to instant then? What's your go-to instant? Oh. Go-to is the little special. Actually, it's um, I don't even know what it's called. It's just like a a little small pot with coffee in it. <laughs> wow, <laughs> funny, funny. revolutionary. <laughs> And um, yeah, it's it's not too bad. It's not too bad. Yeah, okay. you like coffee, don't you? I'm a big coffee. coffee drinker. Yeah, I am. Um, I do drink instant a lot, only for convenience. But obviously, it's just yeah. it's just what it is, isn't it? I'd be I'd be fair. I just drink decaf instant most of the time, just because it tastes like shit anyway. I might as well have decaf. So yeah, I've got decaf as well. Again, from Little, and it's got coffee in it. So. Mm. Yeah. I yeah. go for the uh, the Alzira tins. I don't know if you have those, is it Kenko? I think that makes. Yeah, them. I don't like those. They're too powdery. They're very, they're very fine. I suppose. Um, now the the coffee itself isn't granulated. It's like really fine powder, mm, isn't it? The Alzira. Yeah. Oh, no, goes all goes all. V sixties. Do you boys drink any of that? Say again. V sixties pour overs. No. You need to get into that. Get okay. into it. It will okay. change your coffee experience. It literally smashes you for six, honestly. Much stronger than probably the other stuff that you've had. Yeah, I I think I drink coffee more for the, the taste side. When I was prepping, I, I did drink three or four a day just for the you know the stimulant aspect. But I think now I just drink it for the taste and for habit, I think, more than anything. One in the morning, mm. and that's pretty much it, unless somebody's making one in the afternoon at work or whatever. Um, yeah, I just sort of, yeah, I enjoy the flavour, I suppose. What about Monster Energy? Never been an energy drinks person. I don't even take like a pre-workout or anything, just like the flavours of all that kind of like mashed, yeah. Look just that. He's, itching to, he's itching to say, I love them. Too fucking many. You've seen my Instagram, there's too many of them. I, to be honest, I, I started actually taking pre-workout um, a bit more regularly because I just found myself buying a can of Monster every day. I was like, I don't know why I'm spending like £1.20 on a can of Monster when I could actually buy something with some proven ingredients that work for like 30p a serving that's like ridiculous i said ah oh. so uh, but i do like a can of monster i must admit I, I like the taste of it so trying to get off it trying to wean myself off my habit because it ain't good favorite flavor <sighs> right citrus yellow they're like the lemonade one number yeah. one number two red ultra yeah that's number fine. three white ultra oh yeah and then i'll drink the the blue the blue sugar-free one um, I don't drink any of the really the ones that got sugar in or calories in them. Um, but yeah, I, I've had the juiced ones. Big no, not a fan of those. Although I have heard the rehab with the, the iced tea rehab one. Have you seen that? No, that's supposed to be that's supposed to be pretty good. It's only about fifty calories a pop as well, so that's quite that good. Right. That's all right. Yeah. 
Yeah, especially, well, man of your calories, I'm sure you can afford a lot of stuff. So. No, two, I'm down to 2-2 two, two now, actually. Right. Ooh, bingo. That's what I'm on. Yeah. It's tough. It's getting yeah. tough. 12,000 steps as well. And I've got this. It's a Within's watch, so it's not yeah. a fit yet. I've seen I've that. that. Have, you, have you heard of these? Yeah, first? I've seen them. I saw in John Lewis. I had a look at one, actually. I quite like the look of them. They look like a proper watch, don't they? Yeah, yeah that's why I bought it. And literally, 12,000 steps on this is like... 21,000 steps on a Fitbit. So I think they're far more accurate. Yeah, yeah, because they don't, obviously, when you're, you know. <laughs> when you do what? <laughs> Keep it clean. When, this, when you're dusting, when you do the dusting at home. Yeah. Sorry, mate, go on. Go on, sorry. I was going to say, I wonder where we should actually get some content. I don't know how long we've got on here for, but we should probably speak Let's do it. Stuff. We can add this. We can talk about coffee and Fitbits. Yes. Uh, people might be interested. That's just some good value for people. Obviously, we brought you on the podcast because we want you to really talk about kind of flexible dieting versus maybe kind of what we might consider more rigid dieting. So I don't know if you want to just go into kind of what your thoughts are in almost defining each one. So just get a bit quick brief overview of what you th- what flexible dieting is and what kind of rigid dieting is. Flexible dieting, to me, and I think for the majority of people, is in a nutshell, you can eat whatever you want. It, it is that in a way. And that's, as an outsider looking in, maybe if you're not into fitness and you stumble across an IIFYM page, you are going to look at that page and you're going to be like, yeah, I can eat anything and get into shape. So, again, it depends on who you stumble across who preaches IIFYM and flexible dieting because – as we all know, there are some who are on that end of the scale who will literally try and eat anything into their nutrition and try and make progress. And then you've got the other ones who are a little bit more balanced. And by balanced, I mean maybe use the sort of 70-30 rule where it's 70% clean food, shall we say, and then the other 30% is sort of you know foods that you'd consider as junk. Because as you know, probably watching this podcast, you know that a little bit of junk every now and again won't do you any harm so long as it's sort of tracked and accounted for. And then you have the clean eaters, so the rigid sort of dieters. And again, they will perceive junk food as the devil, shall we say. So things like sugar, again, um, sort of not eating out and whatnot. And again, it's not a bad attitude to have in a way. But then again, if you if you go too far that way, then it as we know it can have detrimental effects, negative sort of outlook on food. So yeah, I mean that is hopefully a brief overview of of what I perceive it as anyway. Yeah, no, 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 I absolutely agree. I mean, I suppose like rigid dieting, Ed. I don't know if you want to chip in on this, but rigid dieting, I kind of feel like it is kind of the whole cleaning thing where you kind of rigid in the types of food you'd allow yourself. Yeah. Um, whereas, sorry, carry on. No, you're right. You go. Um, I was going to say, yeah, like definitely, and kind of, I suppose, like meal plans and stuff like that, kind of come into it, and um, I suppose it depends on looking at the kind of populations you you're working with and talking to and stuff as well. Um, I find kind of like the whole bodybuilding scene, a lot of like it gets the terms get thrown around a lot in that, and then also you see a lot of the kind of the more rigid approaches as well with the uh, meal plans and stuff. Um, but and then kind of looking at more like a general kind of population, I think, yeah, the clean eating is a massive thing. Like, oh, I can't eat that. It's got a bit of sugar in it. It's like, oh, God, no, somebody likes, <laughs> you know, that little bit of sugar is going to kill you sort of thing. It's, yeah. Um, I think also, like, uh, what do you think on um, sort of time as well? So uh, 
not just kind of the food you eat, but you know, you've got to eat, oh, I've got to spend three hours, I've got to eat, or um, I've got a window where I can eat. Like, what, what do you think to sort of flexibility about that as well? Again, it, uh, I, it's a sort of hole I've been in before where I was like, I need to eat every three hours because if I don't, I'm going to lose my muscle, you know, and it's looking back, it's, it's mental. It's, it's ridiculous when you think about it logically and you learn from people in the industry because, like you said, reverting to bodybuilders, it does come from that and it does stem from that. And as much as people say, oh, there's so much information out there and everyone knows what to do, it's like, no, they don't because people still believe this. People still think that meal timing is just as important as calories in versus calories out where we know it does play a small part. I think it, it does play a tiny, tiny part. I mean, I think there's a few sort of studies out there that show that uh, I think it's three sort of to maximize protein synthesis is like three to four feedings of like 30 to 40 grams, something along the lines of that. I can't remember off the top of my head. Nice. But then again, you have to think, is that realistic? Am I actually going to be able to achieve that? What if I'm only eating two meals a day? So it's like you have to you have to, in terms of clients, you have to put yourself in their shoes. You're not going to tell a mother of two, oh, listen, we're, listen, love, we're going to be in, we're going to be in two, four meals a day, 40 grams of protein in each one every single day. It's not a bad benchmark to aim for yeah. um, because obviously I think the majority of people do need more protein in their diet. But yeah, again, I'm stumbling on, rambling on a bit, but not yeah, meal, t- <laughs> meal timing. I don't think it's important, but again, it's up to the individual, their lifestyle, whatever their job is, if they've got a family or whatnot, it's what works for that individual more than sticking to something. Would you say then maybe like a lot of things in the fitness industry in that it's not, in, it's not necessarily important, but maybe there is, if you want it to be like an optimal approach. So like, you know, 90% of your, I suppose 90% of it's done by just hitting your protein target, say, example, because we're talking about protein. Whereas, obviously, if you want, like, an extra few percentage, then maybe timing it is a bit more important if you just want to eke out that tiny bit of extra. I think if – I think, it, again, this comes down to mindset and where you want to go with your fitness. So someone who's a natural bodybuilder will always strive for that extra sort of 2%, 3% because – it's about competition for them at the end of the day. Maybe that two, 3% will enable them to win a show. And then that 2% is massive come the end of the day. Yeah. As gen pop guys like us, who just like to train just to look good naked. I don't think, no, it's not going to make that much of a difference if I'm being totally honest. And I don't think it really does matter. Yeah. Nice. Just, nice. Yeah. So just, just bring it back to kind of the rigid dieting versus not, I don't want to say versus actually, but original dieting differences to flexible dieting. I guess you could also say that actually, kind of, you brought about the, the the example of bodybuilders. Actually, that's probably quite a rigid diet. The fact that they're sticking to certain foods, you know, not say even all clean foods, but obviously they're kind of very, you know, typically bodybuilders really structured, very consistent, kind of have a measured approach and all these different things they do. That's quite a rigid diet. So how, how does that, how would you think it affects their psychology of stuff? And are there any detriments to that side maybe? Did you, say, did you say Adam me? I could, I could, Either. Well, you go first. Go on, I, you go first. 
I think you can become almost orthorexic thinking about things because like, I know I've done it myself and whether you're diet, as soon as you mention the word diet or something like that, that's it, you become so food focused and if you're kind of thinking, oh, next meal's in three hours or whatever, it uh, it does mess with your mind massively um, and, you know, Dan, you were saying you're dieting now at the moment, Brett, you've just come out of a bit of a mini cut, like, so we've, we've all kind of been there within the last month or so, really. Um, and it, it, as soon as you mention that word, like, I don't know, you become so food focused and even more when there is that deadline. So, I mean, it may not be stepping on stage. You may have a deadline of a holiday and you just want to be in the best shape you can for a holiday or, uh, I, I don't know, whatever your goal is. Um, it, you, it does mess with your mind. And I think there's no two ways about it, but I think it's just being flexible with things and being like, well, you know, if I don't eat until tonight and it's the morning now, like it's not the end of the world. And I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this, but um, yeah, it, it messes with your mind. And I think kind of having that flexibility and not being like, well, I've got to eat this meal here and I've got to eat this meal then. Um, it, it allows you to kind of switch off from food a little bit more, I think. So you can go off and have a day out with the kids or whatever and, um, yeah. and, and not sort of stress too much. Yeah. Definitely. And like you said there, I think the word diet is there's a big stigma behind it these days because I don't necessarily like the word because when someone, or oh, I feel that when the gen pop think of the word diet, they think of, if, I, I just think of it as when my mum used to tell me that, you know, oh, I'm going on a diet and then her diet would consist of like a Rivita with like some, some fucking, I don't know what the fuck. Cucumber. <laughs> yeah, it's like that. And it was about four of them a day. She'd lose a stone, bless her, in a week, and then she'd go back to her normal eating habits, and she'd put the fucking stone back on again and start the cycle again. We know how it is. So, I think yeah. that, that, that probably sits into quite nicely in terms of cocaine. So in terms of the – because we are talking about rigid versus flexible dieting, what do you think would be better in your opinion if you think there is a better way? If I had to, if I had to choose one. If you had to, yes. Go on. Um, I'd I'd 100% always go with with a flexible approach. Um, me personally, I would, but I know for a fact. Again, there's nothing wrong with being rigid as well. That's what we also need to remember. Like rigidness does work for some people, and they like that all or nothing attitude. And I think in bodybuilding types of sort of personnel, those types of people, I think they need that rigidness because when you're taking your body to that extreme, the flexibility does sort of go out of the window. You are not going to be able to go out for food, even if you are flexible dieting as much, because you get into that sort of OCD mindset where it's like, no, I can't do that because I've got a show coming up. I don't want to look shit on, on stage sort of thing. So me personally, because I know what I'm like, I'd always pick the flexible approach because I've done the clean eating route when I was many years ago now. And it drove me insane, like Ed was saying earlier, thinking about that next meal. Those three hours where I was, they say, nine o'clock and second meal was at 12 o'clock. Those three hours, it was just food on the brain. And it was shit. I hated every single second of it. And now it's like, Sundays I'll eat at nine o'clock and then my next meal won't be until, what, eight, nine o'clock in the evening? And, you know, looking back and when you think back, it's like, holy shit, I used to fret and stress over this if I didn't eat my meal in between and it's like you live and learn you live and learn and it's probably a lot of people reading this who have been in the same boat maybe they're reading this <laughs> listening to this <laughs> I'm not typing up the, uh, the keynotes for this <laughs> what, 
<laughs> yeah, so yeah, if I had to choose one, again, half an a massive tangent, uh, flexible dieting every single day. Just quickly for those who, have, this is the first time they've ever heard the term flexible dieting, kind of what ways can you be flexible with your diet? Um, food choices, like you say, timings, like what are all the different ways you can be flexible? Many ways. I think a lot of it is the foods that you eat. I think the typical bodybuilding type diet, when someone would, well, if I look at as again, as an outside looking in, it's what, chicken, rice, broccoli. If you look at people like Kai Green, like he's a massive inspiration for some people, that sort of, yeah, that sort of audience, then yeah, it's rice, chicken, broccoli. And then with flexible diets, as people like Alberto Nunes, it's like everything. It's like no food is off limit. So food, that the actual food that you can eat is one. Second one is things like social outings. You know that you can go out with flexible dieting and with a bit of practice, you can eyeball certain sort of foods that you're eating and just estimate and track it in. Whereas if you're a clean eater and a rigid eater who follows a diet plan, that's not possible because you've got that plan. You stick in, you're sticking to that plan. If you go to a social outing and you eat something that's not on your plan, you're going over your calories and macros. So again, it's that as well. Um, and again, for anyone who's listened to this, who's got like a girlfriend or a wife and kids and whatnot, then obviously that's going to be a, or a much easier way to diet for you guys. Um, and yeah, I mean, it is in terms of timing as well, there's no right or wrong with flexible dieting. So long as you're, you're hitting your numbers at, you know, come the end of the day, where again with rigid dieting, sometimes if you won't be hungry yet, you have to have that meal for. And it's like, I'm not even hungry, but I have to have that meal for because it's on my plan and I'm going to lose all my gains if I don't have it. So, you yeah. You kind of mentioned there about uh, hitting your numbers, hitting your targets. Like we, we for a while know you're talking about calories and your kind of calorie target for the day. And we've, we've kind of touched upon that in previous episodes and, and talked about that. But would you say that you can be a flexible dieter um, without tracking your calories? Most definitely, yeah. But I always, I always would stress some practice beforehand because, again some guy let's say for example he comes and wants online coaching before he sort of goes and does it without tracking he's gonna have to have some practice first and i always stress that um because when people do start tracking it's like they'll pour some olive oil in and they say shit i did not realize that there was that much calories in olive oil whereas before they've just been spreading it all on and now they're a lot more sort of mindful as to how much they're putting on so, um, yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely 100% possible, but there needs to be that little bit of practice first. And then once you have that practice, you can most definitely sort of intuitively eat. I think that's a big thing now as well on social media is intuitive eating where people are sort of eating um, sort of at free will. Uh, but what these people who are outsiders looking in don't realize is that they've had this practice before, which allows them to be able to do that. So yeah, it's one hundred percent possible. I, I, I think that's a very good point, actually. In that, I don't, I don't really kind of, I don't go along with kind of intuitive eating for a lot of people because I don't believe in today's society that we're very well built to kind of eat to to, to hunger almost, or because it's like we've got too many hyper palatable foods around, too much available to us. It's just so easy to overeat, which is kind of demonstrated in the obesity numbers that we have. So it's. 
I feel like having either a very direct tracking approach or at least having some practice, as you say, where you can kind of get a real education in terms of energy density of food, you could almost have to kind of listen to the like the education side of your um, like brain almost rather than listen to the side that's telling you, oh, you're hungry, I want to eat because we just don't really kind of, what's what I'm looking to say? We don't really kind of acknowledge our own hunger signals very well, I don't think. That's my opinion. I certainly like if N equals one kind of anecdote, I I am awful. I've got no real kind of natural hunger signals over time. Like if I et to intuitive eating to my own natural hunger, I'd be eating all the fucking time. Like genuinely, I would. So I need something like flexible dieting to allow me to kind of almost override those natural hunger signals to keep in some sort of, you know, just mo- moderation. It's just, <laughs> it, 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 I need it. I guess that's probably pretty common, would you say? No, I, I definitely agree with you with that because I'm, I can definitely relate to that as well. Like, oof, I haven't got sort of, if I'm not cutting, for example, I could, I could easily rack up, you know, five, 6,000 calories a day when yeah. I actually track in and that's not me sort of underestimating I could genuinely eat five six thousand calories because a I love food there's food everywhere like you mentioned you walk into Starbucks and it's like oh here's a coffee would you like a cake with that and it's like you know there's food always there like yeah, the, the answer is yes I fucking would <laughs> we're surrounded by food and like you said we we are getting, I'd, I'd say we are getting sort of greedier as not only a nation, but just as human beings. But that's because things are widely available to us, like food. We can get it whenever, wherever. So there's no, there's no sort of, what's the word I'm looking for? There's no wonder that there's, we are sort of currently undergoing an obesity epidemic because, yeah, it's because it's so widely available. If we, if we were so good at intuitive eating without having, you know, practicing looking at what calories are going into foods, then why are we all fat? And why there would be no MyFitnessPal. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the best thing <laughs> on earth. <laughs> best <laughs> ever. <laughs> do, do you th- do you, so do you think there are instances where flexible diet can always be harder than rigid dieting then? 100%. I think there's a lot of people who cannot, who, who can't diet without it being rigid. They have to have that someone telling them, no, you're not allowed this this week. Here's your diet plan. And I think a lot of people, Jamie Alderton, for example, I'm not sure if you guys listen to this know him, but he's the kind of guy from the military. And although he does flexible diet, he creates diet plans with flexible foods in that diet plan. So again it depends what background you come from maybe how you've been brought up and whatnot but some people yeah they will never get and un- get flexible dieting and what people need to understand is that that is okay like there's it is okay not to be able to flexible diet and it is okay to stick to rigid dieting but just give it a go to give flexible dieting a go because a lot of people i think yeah. don't a go and they just instantly think that sugar will make me fat i'm not going to eat sugar and it's like yeah just give it a go <laughs> you'll see that you won't get fat and then you'll probably start enjoying it i think people are quite stuck in their ways especially in terms of nutrition and dieting do you, do you find some clients that when you do allow them to be flexible that almost like turns on an on, on turns on an on button for them in that they then want or crave more and therefore maybe the rigid diet might be more appropriate because it's all kind of like an all or nothing kind of scenario 
yeah, definitely. I think it's more of an excitement that gets them because they're so used to dieting in a certain way where they've been sort of restricting themselves. And then when they switch to flexible dieting, they get all excited and they try making sort of recipes and get creative in the kitchen and then they end up overeating and then they beat themselves up and try to undercut calories the next day and whatnot. And then that can lead an individual down a, a horrible, shitty path. Do you know what Just I mean? Very mm-hmm. quickly on that. So say somebody has done that, they've gone way over the calories of eating like, I don't know, two days worth of calories in one day. Um, is there a way of being flexible to get out of that or do you need to be a bit more rigid and be like, you know, um, quite hard on yourself to, to keep yourself in that deficit for the week? Um, but sort of, yeah, uh, and come out of it okay at the end. Again, from a personal pers- sort of perspective, myself, I would probably, if that did ever happen, I probably would go a whole day without eating the next day because I know that I can do it. But if a client was to do that, I'd probably just tell, it depends where, where they were at. If they were sort of deep into the cut, then we'd try and make amendments, maybe do a bit more cardio the next day to sort of limit the damage. Um, but again, if the client wanted to maybe fast all day the next day, then they they could. But um, I think where am I going with this again? More around overcorrecting, overeating. I think is yeah. yeah. Sorry, that's fucking going off tangent then. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, I think you can correct it. But <coughs> I think the goal is to obviously not do it in the first place. And again, that a lot of that comes down to mindset and just being strict with yourself, um, like you like you said, Ed. And I think that's what it comes down to a lot of the time is that some people will always go over their calorie intake regardless as to where they're at. Is and that's because they don't, as bro as this sounds, they don't want it enough. They say that they want to get into shape, but when shit or push comes to shove, I think that's the right word. They just haven't got it in them. They don't know how to deal with hunger. Again, that can come with experience, but I think a lot of people think that the goal is exciting and they want to get there. They want shredded abs. They want to sort of look good naked, but when push comes to shove, they just can't do it. And they will never be able to do it, unfortunately, but it's all a learning curve, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Um it's kind of made me think about a question that wasn't one I had planned to ask, but it's something we've talked about before in our our group around, like just on the overcorrection almost topic. Yeah. What what's kind of your thoughts on the psychology of kind of almost earning your treats? So we're talking about flexible foods, flexible dieting. Yeah. Do do what what. Uh, yeah, it's just that same question, really, I suppose. Like, what are your thoughts on, like, do, should people be allowed to have them without out, out having to exercise or earn those kind of things? Or is it a case of actually it's a good idea to, to almost earn them? Again, it depends, and it depends on what I'm... Again, I'm talking from a coaching point of view. If a client comes to me and their eating habits are absolutely terrible, sometimes, and I have done it in the past, I will ban a food. If I know the client you know, enjoys the hyperplatable foods, like you said, like crisps and chocolate, and they're buying them in multi-packs and they're eating the whole pack and whatnot. I put an instant ban on them because if they're not there, they are not going to eat it. It is quite as simple as that. Um, But in terms of earning their treats, having to do like 400 calories worth of cardio in order to eat a muffin, it's like, 
I think it's a not a great mindset to be in, but it can work as well sometimes. Oh. It it all depends on on the individual, I think, and yeah, what they have. It's like how educated they are in terms of their nutrition, what their sort of mindset and relationship with food is. I mean, if it's if their relationship is pretty shitty with food, then more more than likely they probably will do extra cardio in order to eat extra food and knowing that they can have that little bit of muffin if they save calories for it it's kind Does of almost like a, a weight watchers approach isn't it they, they kind of do that oh this cake is so many points and to earn that many points you have to do this much walking and i think is that that's part of weight is it weight watchers i think that they do that um i don't know so, yeah that sounds familiar yeah <laughs> but anyway um quick question for me do you you know i Thinking about how the listeners are going to listen to this, and we're talking about kind of the rigid dieting versus the flexible dieting, can somebody do a bit of both, or is it uh, all or nothing? Is it, if that makes sense? Yeah. Well, again, I'll revert to myself. Over these last few weeks, I have been very rigid with my diet. It's been uh, Greek yogurt with protein mixed in, first meal of the day. Second meal of the day has been chicken with salad with like 400 grams of potatoes tin tomatoes with a bit of spice all stirred up and then meal three has been uh sort of mince like a mince burger with portobello mushrooms with some cheese in there and again with potatoes like 400 grams of potatoes and that's been my staple sort of go-to meal especially monday to friday because it works for me over these last sort of three to four weeks but before that i was a lot more flexible it was a lot more sort of oats in there treats and dark chocolate and whatnot but again yeah, I think a combination of both is probably where where it's sort of best met because, like I mentioned at the start of this, you go on some people's Instagrams uh, and it's it's just junk. It's junk and junk and junk. And, and someone looking at that who wants to lose weight thinks, oh, I can, well, I can eat his junk. Are you and calling me out? I'm calling you out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, treats and monster energies every single day. Yeah, Martin McDonald did that at the uh, conference. I don't know if you noticed. He said about if you're a coach, don't just spend your all your time on social media posting pictures of all the good foods that you want to eat. And I said, I even got messages off two different people like there and then on on Facebook saying, "Is he calling you out?" I was like, (laughs) (laughs) "Bastard!" (laughs) Um, I I think kind of what you were saying there could work quite well for most people kind of fail at the weekend don't they Uh, I suppose if they were to look at their their week as a flexible week they'd be a bit more rigid throughout the you know Monday to Friday when it's easy to keep routine and then you can enjoy those foods like maybe a takeaway or maybe a a meal out with the missus um, uh, the weekend and I suppose you could look at it flexible dieting and that approach is in you know kind of marrying the two of a a rigid week and a, a more of a flexible weekend yeah, yeah, definitely. And again, I'm just going to give a quick little tip in here for for any of you listening to this. I know you two probably know this already, but if you do find yourself wanting more food in the weekend, just eat less throughout the week and give yourself that much or that extra bit of food. I know, Brett, <laughs> but a lot of people don't, don't think. I know, that. I know. Yeah. It's like if you are you overeating on the weekend, just cut back on calories for the week. Give it to yourself on the weekend and. You know, it will probably, or you'll probably start losing weight again and yeah. feeling better. Yeah. I, I had a client that I was, um, I don't coach any longer, but I was coaching for about six months who had a job where he traveled a lot internationally. And um, like he'd go to a place like Israel and God knows where, where he just had places where he had no idea what food he was going to have access to or do. 
And um, that's exactly that. I just said, look, mate, before you go, we'll eat, we'll get you on lower calories before you go in terms of like, because it, it was generally like quite often, even weekly, you'd be traveling for like two or three days of the week. So like, well, we'll just cut your calories on Sundays to allow you more flexibility on those days that you know you're going to have less choice. There is, there is no more difficult than that. And it, he just, it opened his eyes up. And to be honest, like for that reason, he kind of almost just didn't need me anymore because it just opened his eyes up to like, actually, I can do this. This is quite a simple thing to you know kind of manage nutrition it's not a difficult process and yeah it's interesting you say it because that's you know it's, it works like what like said the weekend warrior kind of approach that we have where people just smash pizzas and beers on weekends mm. it works well just cutting calories in the weekends land a bit more leeway at the weekend so and if that means suffering and being hungry tough shit you're the only one to eat more on the week on the weekend sorry to cut them and yeah. start making progress right um I think we're nearly on to the fun part, if that wasn't fun. That was definitely fun. <laughs> that was fun. I really enjoyed that. It was really good. Yeah, I have got um, one more question I wrote down about um, slightly off topic. Yeah, yeah. If you can talk <laughs> to me about adrenal fatigue um, and how that relates to that. Yeah, nah. <laughs> um, I want to know kind of what was like the, the biggest success you've had with a client. Okay. And like how or why? So is, is there one like standout? Is there one standout? Take all the time. We can cut a, cut the, the white noise, mate. So don't worry. Okay. Um, I kind of don't know if I threw that last minute. I don't know if it was on there or not. But okay, I think I think it's it's not one client in particular, but it's when a client comes to you and they're like, without even asking them and without even talking to them on Facebook and giving them the advice. Maybe you've given it to them in the past. But they'll just come to you on the Monday when they do their feedback and it's like, oh, I sort of cut calories down to 800 or whatever uh, on Friday because I knew yeah. I was out on Saturday. And it's like the aha moment is my Bingo. Point. And it's like amazing. You've just taken all of that into consideration for yourself without me having to sort of hold your hand and mm. guide you through it. You've just taken the initiative. You've forward thought. And somehow you've thought about this, and it's yeah, it's an aha moment. And that's a, that's a great example, actually. Yeah, it's, it's really when good. clients are thinking for themselves, because at the end of the day, you are there for a reason. But you're never going to work with a client forever. It's about educating them and then getting them to go off on their own path. Mm. And I think when you can do that, it's job done. Give yourself a pat on the back. Happy days. So yeah, that. I'd probably say that. It ties in quite nicely with the whole flexible dieting thing as well. So, nice. Any more questions, Ed? Uh, no, mean? I just kind of chimed in as and when I think it's popped into my head. Right. Cool. Get on to you. So, we've, we've guess, just to make this a bit fun, like I said, we've got a few random questions, nothing too mad, but what's your favourite flexible food? So, you've got to pick one. Well, one singular item. No, we, we can say meal if it has to be, but... You you boys are going to laugh. Dark chocolate with Greek yogurt and oats. You sad like, bastards. Uh, overnight oats? Nope, no, just, just hot from the thing. Oh, okay. Dark chocolate all melts, mix it all up. That is my, my favourite. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. That's because <laughs> I think if you'd have asked me six months ago, it would have been something different. But because I'm 
dieting now, like anything's good. If oh, I, okay. Okay. I took a yeah, shit yeah. To my own shit, that would probably be good. Yeah. It's okay. You just you've you've just described Walden Farms, haven't you? Yeah, Walden Farms is honking. Hate it. Yeah. It's I like when, when you when you're dieting. Oh, this this chocolate sauce tastes lovely. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you have an abundance of food. And what the fuck is this? I mean, this is disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's exactly like that. Yeah, like your taste buds just become different, don't they? When you're yeah. dieting. Okay, so what was your what was your favourite bulk in flexible food then? Um, probably a Chinese. Chinese okay. and Nutella. Chinese. Any, Nutella. any particular Chinese? What, what's your favourite dish? Uh, sweet and sour chicken, Hong Kong style, with chips. I'm a big fan of sort of Chinese chips. I don't know why. They're just they're so greasy. It's just yeah, you get stuck in, and you? you get the crunchy yeah. ones at the end of the bag. And they always put them in a paper bag as well, don't they? Like, yeah, yeah. vinegar. <laughs> oh, don't it's making me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what's your, what's what's your favourite diet flexible food? Then let's ask you and your favourite bulking flexible food. Me. me. No, Ed. Oh, Ed. Oh. <laughs> um, oh, you put me on the spot. <sighs> come back to me. Come back to me. I need to think. Right. Well, do I, I'll, I'll, do, I'll do mine because, well, my favourite Balkan food is quite clearly burgers. Um, my favourite dieting food is probably also burgers. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was going to say the same. <laughs> I've had burgers four nights this week. <laughs> so... Yeah, um, like my, my Instagram is just burgers and protein bars, so maybe that's my bulk and my flexible foods actually. Yeah. Although I tend to eat less protein bars when I'm dieting actually because they just do not satiate you. So, so I, I really like a mixed grill. I think that's my my bulking one. There's no way you can fit a mixed grill into a diet, no matter. Well, oh, yeah. you could starve for a week, I suppose, but um, I really, really like a mixed grill. Um, yeah, dieting food, just making interesting burgers. I think with kind of the calories you can. Uh, it's all, all yeah. fun and games uh, cool that's that leaves well anyway so uh, Dan favourite burger joint or best burger joint you've ever visited I'm waiting I'm waiting okay um, I'm going to say probably a five guys you motherfucker <laughs> it, you weren't set up for that were you why Oh, God. Right. There's an ongoing battle between probably me and Matt Morgan and Tom Hall and Dan Meek. Yeah. Where those two fucking bellends love a five guys. And I was like, with them, team five guys. Mate, you, you're obviously just deprived like those two then, because if you've ever had a Blecker Street, a Patty and Bun, a Burger and Beyond, even meat, like Meat Liquor or all of those places, they're all way better than five guys. Like, do you want me to piss you off even more? Go on. I have never heard of any of <laughs> <laughs> you're not, you're not, you're not hip. You're not hipster enough, mate. You've got a beard and a man bun. You yeah, should be. You should, you should be, be well over. And you like coffee. And you like coffee, so you should be all over the burger joints. Never heard. Of, no, honestly, never heard of any of them. How often do you go to London? Uh, not very. <laughs> okay. Next time you do, let me know, and I'll hook you up yeah. some awesome burgers. Actually, how do you like burgers and shakes? Yeah, love them. Oh, Shake Shack's good. I like a Shake Shack. Yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's, yeah. Yeah, it's not, it's not on the level of the people, all the places I've just said, but... Okay. Um, on... Ed, what's the date of the fest festival? Is it 13th of August, something like that? It's a Sunday, isn't it? It's, yeah, mid-August, yeah. I think it's the 13th of August. There's a festival in London called Shake Your Patty, and it's all about burgers and shakes. 
get on it and come because we're going. So we'll hook up and we'll we'll try some burgers. So well, yeah, let's keep in touch after this, and I probably I would be game for that. Yeah, cool. Good. Yeah. yeah, that'd be awesome. It'd be awesome to have you there. So there's a few of us going. Hopefully, like the other guys on the podcast, that should hopefully be coming. Um, you can get a train with Johnny from uh, Port Talbot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's the other token Welsh guy that we normally have. So. <laughs> they call it now, boys. It stinks there. Sorry. <laughs> Do you know what? Here's something. I've never been to Wales. Well, you need to come to Cardiff and train. We'll go for uh, five guys. Yeah, we can actually. Because um, Benji, Ben Warren, so he was in Peterborough the last week, I think, wasn't he? And he, he, he messaged me and said, can you come? And I was like, oh, mate. I'd love to, but I can't make it this week because there's only a, a span hour and a half, AM45 from where I am in Norwich. So um, I said, oh, let's meet up. But yeah, it just didn't happen. So that was, that was a bit disappointing. So it'd be quite cool to come see you both. Yeah, I'm doing a recipe book with them. Well, I was going to give you a chance to plug it at the end, mate. Oh. So yeah. let's plug that at the end. So let's go through some more questions then. So actually, Ed, best me, burger. Let me go and put this on charge. Two seconds. Yeah. Best burger joint. Oh, man. Like, I, if they're greasy and it runs down my chin, like, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, yeah. Original pack men, come yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, the, the, wherever we went in Birmingham, that was good. Uh, that was good. Um, problem is, like, I've had them in, like, country pubs when you get the real kind of, like, three inches deep burger with a nice big crispy piece of bacon on top. Like, I love those types of burgers, like, triple cut chips yeah, yeah. with them. Um, but I, I can't think where they, they're even from, no. It's not. A, it's not OPM. Stop fucking talking about food. I'm starving. <laughs> is that? Is that? He's got to get the casing in. Gains. Come on. He's got. To, oh, it's water. Oh. It's his BCAAs. He's been talking for too long. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Okay. Because I'm on a higher refeeds today, I need to see whether or not I feel I look full, either the morning after or the night. So that's why I'm. That's why I'm having to go for pisses all the time. How How long away is your shoot? You say? Uh, seventeen days now. Oh, it's not. Oh, some of you have you been dieting for twenty-one weeks? Have you? Mm. Is that what it was? Oh, I thought you said that far away. I was thinking, all oh, right, how long are you dieting for to get there? <laughs> Forty-week cut. Look at that. Yeah, it's like a forty-week cut to get to a photo shoot. Christ, who are you shooting with? Uh, this guy from Cardiff. Um, he's called Fabian Bedard. Up and coming. Yeah. He's not very big. Yeah. No. Oh no, no, there's another guy from Wales with a funny name a bit like that that I've heard of, yeah. Okay. Uh, maybe it is him. Yeah. He's okay. a good guy. Right. He's a nice guy. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Right. Best piece of advice, Dan, this is for you, by the way. I know you ran off, but best piece of advice you've ever been given? Um, or I'll accept, like, read or found somewhere, but or yeah. given if someone gave it to you. But I think it's, it's probably from Martin McDonald's. Around two to three years ago, he put the post up in, or he put a sort of chart up in Lift the Bar, where the weekend calorie thing, where just cut calories down on the week if you like more food on the weekend. So probably that, and I've used that a lot with not only myself, but with clients with great success as well. Mm -hmm. So I'd probably say that. Cool. Ed? Um, I suppose not. Well, it kind of is nutrition related. It's just kind of very general, though. Just, just start. Whatever it is, just start. Um, stop putting it off. Don't wait till Monday. Just start. Now. I like that. Uh, I, like that. I do like that. I do. To be fair, one of the, my pet peeves. In fact, I had this conversation with someone today at work in the office around cholesterol. He's having his cholesterol levels checked, and he's starting to panic that they're in uh, poor shape. And I said, "Well, to be honest, mate, the biggest thing you can do is probably lose a bit of weight." And obviously, I put it pretty tactically, tactically, tactfully. 
Um, but to be like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. No, because just mainly because he said, well, because I know that I'm now going to have to kind of go on a better diet over the next however long. He's been out every night having fucking meals out and just basically just binging before I said, oh, why don't you start now instead of, you know, like the analogy is always like, I think Ben Carpenter once posted, which stuck in my mind, where it's just something about like that equivalent of like, I'll start on Monday kind of scenario is, um, I, you know, I, I need to start saving some money. So over this weekend, I'll go out and buy as much shit as I possibly can before I start saving on Monday. It's like a retarded mindset to have, but we all have it. Like, I've done it. We've all done it, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I had that exact conversation with him. It's like, just start now, mate. Stop waiting because you're only going to make it harder later on. But yeah. anyway, ran over. That must be a bald thing. It's like me and Meek. We like to rant. Um, you know, actually, I'll answer it for myself as well. Actually. I think the best bit of advice, I don't know if it's advice, but I think I mentioned this when we talked about how we all got onto our almost like nutrition journey, but I literally stumbled across like the IIFYM website, or IIFYM.com. And that was like a bit like what you talked about earlier, Dan. And I, I just stumbled across, what? I can eat pizza and get shredded? What the fuck? And it's just like, wow, what is this? I need to know what this is. And that's basically what probably the best advice here because it just changed, it literally changed my life. Like that's the only time I ever really got into any sort of shape because I just realized calories actually matter. You know, it's not, it's not, like, I was the typical, like a lot of people just are uh, low carb or clean eating or whatever. But yeah, that's probably my biggest bit of advice slash info. And if you didn't discover that, you wouldn't have any of your followers. Probably. <laughs> you are probably right. <laughs> you know what? My, um, my, did you see my post around stirring the chocolate oats? <laughs> yeah. That's got like I'm nearly on. I think I've hit ten thousand views now on that. Crazy. Ten thousand views. How's that even happen? But crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, this one's a really good question. I really like this one. This is Ed's one that he gave me. No, I'm not really gonna say that. That's not for podcast material, is it? And we'll tell you what, we'll, we'll, when we finish recording, and we'll ask you this off here. Okay. <laughs> this one is actually uh, safe for work. Um, so, would you rather be attacked by? Attacked, one horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses. Hey. Just, picture, just picture the scene: one massive horse-sized duck. And bear in mind, horses are fucking big; they are big things. Yeah. Right? Like, if you like, you, you must have a shitload of horses in Wales around no, the sheep. sheep isn't it? Yeah, well, around the sheep. I think there must be some sort of horses, farms, horses. But, um, so they are big, or loads of stocky, muscular little horses, like hundred of them. Um, probably the horses because I could just fucking hoof them as hard as I could. Have you have you seen how stocky a horse is and how muscular a horse is? Probably yeah, but they're smaller, aren't they? You can just they put your foot through it. Have you ever tried kicking a a um a medicine ball? It'd probably be like that. Yeah, it hurt. <laughs> I don't need to, yeah, this is what this is why I'm kind of trying to argue with your rationale of why you'd pick a hundred horses. Right. Imagine a fucking duck-sized horse then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just hoping you can feed it some bread and peanut butter and it'll choke to death or something. Like yeah. A loaf of bread, spread it with peanut butter and say, choke to death, motherfucker. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I think I'd go for the hundred horses and just hoof them. If I broke, Even if I broke my foot, you just have to go for it, wouldn't you? It'd be quite what, what are you saying, Ed? Uh, literally for the same reason, just because it'd be so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm hoping this happens now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll I'll somehow set this up. Um, cool. Well, uh, I just want to say a big thank you, mate, for coming on and being our first guest. Pleasure. Happy, 
absolute think, pleasure. I think it's going to be a good episode. I think it's going to go down well. Yeah, I like it. Um, great content, good knowledge, and some hopefully some nice applicable stuff as well. So, Ed, anything else, mate? Yeah, no, thank you very much. So I think there's a lot of things here that people can take away. Um, they might need to listen to it twice to take everything in because I think there's so much content here. But, yeah, thank you very much. Thanks. Thank you very um, much for having me, guys. means a lot. Yeah, you're, you're welcome, mate. Um, where can people find you then? I don't know if you want to throw out your Twitter or your socials under your website address and any ongoing projects you want to plug. Not on Twitter. Just going to put it out there. I'd rather drag my balls over a cattle grid than ever be on Twitter. Hate it. Uh, okay. Facebook, The Flexible Dieting Coach. Website, The Flexible Diet Coach. Not dieting for some reason. Uh, mm. Mm. Um YouTube, The Flexible Dieting Coach. I think that's where the majority of my work is going now, is there and Instagram. Again, Instagram handle, The Flexible Dieting Coach. So, um, programs coming up. Nothing until October. Uh, that 12-week program that I ran, the Get Strong, Get Lean, where I basically get men strong and lean. Uh, that's running in October. But before that, we've got a recipe book coming up with Ben Warren, who is a or has got a very big following on Instagram. So we're going to be creating something for that. Again, there's little snippets on my Instagram with regards to that. And then just online coaching, obviously. And if you're ever in the Cardiff area, pop into UFIT and, uh, and we can have a chat and a, and a coffee. Cool. Well, I'll make, I'll, make, I'll make sure, well, when we host this, we'll make sure we put, obviously, all the links and stuff up in the, the show notes. You say right? you, we all know it's going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sorry. sorry. <laughs> I, I mean, Ed. <laughs> no, brilliant. Cool. Right, well, let's end it there, shall we? Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, Matt's not here, Ed, press the button. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week. <laughs>